0: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome, witches and wizards, to another episode of Wizarding World of Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, followed by my two, two my two fellow hosts, Nina Kitty. How are you doing?
1: Good. A little tired tonight, but doing well.
0: That's fair. And Courier yeah. 7. Doing pretty good. Awesome. So, this week, you thought about it. And we're going to go over another magical creature in the world of the Wizarding World. And why not go over the majestic phoenix?
1: which Beautiful creature. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm so excited for this because if you have not played Hogwarts Legacy yet, go and play Hogwarts Legacy. Because you'll get a very cool surprise with your... um what what the, the, the habitat I can't remember um, they're not atriums or anything like that but mm-hmm. essentially safe havens for magical creatures and uh during that quest line you get a very cool surprise towards the end so Ooh. with this uh so Phoenix's were a large swan sized scarlet magical bird with red and gold plumage, along with a golden beak in tallions, black eyes, and a tail as long as a peacocks. Its scarlet feathers glowed faintly in darkness, with the golden tail feathers were hot to the touch. A Phoenix was also one of the most independent and detached creatures in the world. So just from that little summary right there, they were the most detached creature in the world they're the most independent and detached creature yet the only phoenix that we see in the films is highly attached to someone
1: <laughs> yeah i guess when they make a bond they make a bond
0: apparently yeah. so and and dumbledore obviously when we're talking about fox Dumbledore is always obviously like probably the one exception when it comes to this rule. One, his family specifically has a long lineage specifically to do with uh Phoenixes. But also it's it's Dumbledore. Who wouldn't like Dumbledore? Yeah. That's true. He That's almost right. became minister of magic by accident for crying out loud. <laughs> and the I, I, yeah, I would say a Phoenix probably would want to be around him and friend him. So, uh, phoenixes would usually nest on mountain peaks and were gentle herbivores. They were not not known for fighting. A phoenixes approached their burning day. They resemble a half-plucked turkey. Their eyes become dull and their feathers started to fall out and it began to gagging no- uh, make gagging noises. Then the bird suddenly burst into flames, only to, uh... Only to rise from the ashes shortly after. In a number of days, they grow back to full size. Thanks to the ability, phoenixes live to an immense age, perhaps even forever. And this comes from, you know, standard mythology. Like, in mythology, phoenixes are immortal creatures. They physically cannot die. If they die, they just burst into flames and re- get reborn again. And the right. cycle of life and death continues. And they stay mm-hmm. the same bird. It's like they don't turn into a different bird. They, they're the same bird with the same memories and everything.
1: It's wild when you really think about it. Being reborn from the ashes.
0: And they, like, when they die, they get reborn and they're like a chick. But then just take mm-hmm. a couple of days of, yep, well, I'm back to normal. Because you magic. that gross burp. Because <laughs> <magic>. <laughs> I mean, in Holocron... So, in my Star Wars podcast, we always, like, when we can't think of an explanation for something, it's like, oh, the Force exists. It's just space magic. That's the only it's reason. It's just space magic. And yeah. in this world, we have, like, just magic. So, it's like, yeah, it's magic. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. There's no explanation. <laughs> uh, so, its feathers could be used as a core of a wand and were designed by Garrick Ollivander as one of the supreme cores, which was a distinction shared by only two other beasts. Meaning, dragon heartstring from a dragon, and unicorn uh tail to- uh hair from the tail. Yes. So those are the three supreme cores, which we do go or I go over on the one episodes way back in the early days of the podcast. Um. But yeah, there's there's only th- three supreme cores, and Phoenixes happens to be one of them, which we obviously know. Someone with a very famous wizard with a phoenix core feather, or a feather feather core mm-hmm. in their wand. There are actually two famous wizards. One's an evil one. One's a good one. So,
1: oh, yeah, Harry
0: and like. uh, Voldemort both have phoenix core feather or cores in their wands. <laughs> I keep saying core feather. Uh, phoenix cores in their that's wands, that. and that's why they can't kill one another with their
1: wands. Correct. Because it was from the same phoenix. Which exactly. was unheard of. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. And fun fact we actually know what phoenix gave those feathers. Oh. Fox. They were Fox's say, tail feathers. I feel
1: like. Yeah, I was just saying, yep. I feel like it's
0: Fox. <laughs> yep. Harry's original wand, because he gets a new one after in Deathly Hollows. Uh, in mm-hmm. his original wand, and in Voldemort's original wand, they're Fox's tail feathers. And that you only get that info from the books, because they're not—they are not explicitly told in the films whatsoever. You only no. get those in the books. Mm-hmm. So, read em. Uh, it is possible rare corporeal form of the Patronus charm, just as Albus Dumbledore's Patronus. So, Dumbledore's Patronus is a phoenix, and he also has a phoenix. Oh, Co- I coincidence? I think not. <laughs> And then four foot, forty foot tall glided statues of phoenixes were located in the lobby of the Magical Congress of the United States of America. So, the U.S. apparently loves phoenixes.
1: Don't blame them; they're beautiful creatures.
0: Yes. Oh. Um. So now we'll go into their physical description. So, obviously, if you watch Chamber of Secrets, um, we definitely get a full, actual, physical look of a phoenix, so we know what they look like on screen. But, uh, and then also, fun fact, the actor who played Dumbledore at the time didn't know that was not a real bird. He thought it was a legitimate bird. And that's why the scene works so well, because he thought it was real.
1: <laughs> That's why you use practical effects. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> they learned from Lucasfilm. We should just use practical stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, use practical effects because you get a
0: better reaction from the actors. Mm-hmm. Um. So with phoenixes, uh, so phoenixes obviously had crimson feathers on their body and a golden tail as long as peacocks. Their claws and beak were gleaming gold, and their eyes were black, which we went over already their scarlet body feathers glowed faintly in darkness while golden tail feathers were hot to the touch so we we just got we did that in the summary so but it was unknown if they were actually capable of burning someone as neither harry potter when fox carried him from chamber of secrets nor dumbledore uh when he escaped from the ministry officials with fox's help uh were burned from the tail feathers however is possible when it it was possible that Fox could control the temperature of his tail feathers and simply choose not to burn them. So we don't it's not specifically known if if the feathers are truly actually hot to the touch or does the Phoenix choose who to burn or not? In I don't know, in my opinion I feel like the Phoenix is in control of their own flames because it just makes sense that way and mm-hmm. like most mediums where if you have fire powers typically you can you can control the temperature of your flame right so i i wouldn't say it's no different from phoenixes and phoenixes are really smart creatures so and and apparently from dumbledore himself they're very loyal creatures
1: they bond very good
0: <laughs> so That is their physical description, and if you want more about their physical description, just watch Chamber of Secrets, because Fox Mm -hmm. is right there in the film. And then, um, now we move on to their abilities and traits. So, most most startling of the Phoenix's abilities were the ability to regenerate itself. It periodically bursts into flames when the body became old and rises from the ashes as a newborn chick. This event is called Burning Day and gives the bird a great lifespan as well as ability to take the full force of the killing curse and still be reborn. Back to mythology, phoenixes are immortal. And if they die, they just get reborn. Yep. Even from Up the from killing the ashes. curse. Hmm. Which is really so cool. So wait, does that mean Harry's a phoenix? Well,
1: mm. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, just leave. <laughs>
0: and that's just me being, you know, um, funny. Uh, I was going to use mm. a different word, but I can't use that on this word <laughs> podcast. But uh, yes, uh, you can kill a phoenix and regardless of how, by physical means or magical means, they will... Come back alive because, phoenix, and magic. So magic,
1: yeah, just magic.
0: And phoenixes were immune to, uh, to the gaze of a basilisk, which was normally to kill anyone that had direct eye-to-eye contact with it, or petrify anyone through indirect eye contact, such as seeing a glimpse of a massive serpent or the reflection. With these abilities, phoenixes may have been the only species to have true immunity, or, or Im- a true immortality. Which.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Immunity, yes. Immortality, yes. I mean, how the heck? How did Harry defeat the basilisk without Fox's help? If he Fox
1: wasn't there, Harry would be dead. Period. There, there's no question. Yeah. Do you think Phoenixes would have anything to do with the Philosopher's Stone? Mm-hmm.
0: They are both red. That is and true. They bo-
1: and they both give some sort of immortality. So I, I wonder I would if say something from pro- the Phoenixes. I would say there's probably
0: some correlations one way or another, Um, Mm. but I mean we don't really truly know because I mean mean, we went over the philosopher's stone in one of our episodes mm -hmm. and we don't know the makeup of how it was made. But I mean that is a very good possibility that something of like phoenix blood or phoenix feathers or something of a phoenix was, uh, or even the tears of a phoenix. Yeah, the tears um, definitely would be a substance in the Philosopher's Stone because of the Elixir of Life, it would make sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so.
0: And then, as stated by Dumbledore, they were extremely loyal creatures. They were capable of arriving to the aid of beings who share a similar devotion. This was how Fox arrived to assist Harry in slaying the Basilisk and the Chamber of Secrets during his second year of Hogwarts. And then the tears had potent uh, healing capabilities. For instance, phoenix tears were the only known antidote to basilisk venom. Their tears were also able to bring a person back even from the brink of death. And while the phoenix song would increase the courage of those who were good and er, struck fear into the hearts of those who served evil. That gives a whole new meaning to the Chamber of Secrets fight the phoenix song gives more courage to someone while someone who's truly evil it strikes fear into them and if you watch yeah. that scene tom riddle tom is riddle is of, like oh mm-hmm. crap and then oh. harry's like i don't care anymore i'm going to kill you
1: <laughs> it's true that that's pretty good i like that I like the implication
0: and then, uh, phoenixes were capable of lifting a great weight with their ta- uh, with their tails, such as being able to effortlessly fly up to a distance with four people holding onto the tail. They could also leave messages by bursting into flames to reappear elsewhere, leaving behind a single golden tail feather. Mm. And the phoenix could also disappear and reappear at at will in burst of flames and take whoever is holding on along them. Similar to apparition. Phoenix's songs also had a deep emotional impact, magical in nature and able to provide support and comfort. Which I mean also makes sense because in the best thing about the Phoenix reappearing and dis, uh, disappearing, reappearing like apparition, it can't be tracked because it's a magical creature So, someone who's Mm -hmm. under the age uh, for operation can't be tracked that way.
1: Similar to house elves, I believe, right?
0: Yes, house elves can't be tracked either because they use a special kind of magic Mm -hmm. compared to uh, humans. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, now we have, we jump into phoenixes and their fire. So, a fire appeared to be an unknown but profound effect on phoenixes, at Grudel, Grindelwald was effortlessly capable of instantly turning a baby phoenix into a full adult by conjuring fire from his hand and setting the baby bird ablaze, from which it emerges a full adult after briefly covered by the flames, although by all fairness, Grindelwald was an immensely powerful wizard who was extremely skilled in wandless magic and fairly adept at handling magical creatures." Which we see this at the is literally one of the ending scenes of uh, Crimes Against Grindelwald, which is the second Fantastic Beast film, where Dumbledore or tells um, I can't remember his name, um, Credence. Sorry, Credence mm. uh, told Credence that he was a Dumbledore, and by doing so, then he showed the, he had a baby phoenix chick, and then. You know, conjure flames, and then, boom, became a full-grown phoenix.
1: hmm
0: But, like I also said, Grindelwald was a very powerful wizard, so your typical wizard probably couldn't even do that. Probably not. And then, nevertheless, considering a Phoenix's fire-related powers, it was likely the fire could be used to strengthen them. Phoenix is also bursting the flames when they... Dis- uh, disapparate and on burning day before they emerge from their ashes as a newborn. So, yeah. Fire is a very... The uh, phoenixes have affinity for fire. Which is obviously yes. because and, and even in mythology, phoenixes always had some depiction with fire. Um, regardless of their uh, born from the ashes or rise from the ashes when they die... Or, you know, even in, like, um, video game media or movie media, they have something to do with fire. Yes.
1: It is really symbolic for the creature, I Mm -hmm. think, from everything.
0: And then now we have uh, uh, domesticated phoenixes. So Phoenixes were very difficult to domesticate, as Newton's Commander said in the book Phantas Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Phoenix games a four X rating, uh, which is not the highest, but they're mm-hmm. one of like it's the second highest class a creature can have to be considered dangerous or difficult. Um so it's not Rating not because it was aggressive, but because the few wizards have ever succeeded in domesticating it. So, and there were only two known domesticated phoenixes. One was Albus Dumbledore's pet phoenix fox. And the other was Sparky, the team mascot for New Zealand Quidditch team and the Motohora Macraws. So, yeah, the Quidditch, team, oh, Quidditch team had a domesticated phoenix as a mascot. Besides Dumbledore. That's a power
1: move. <laughs> that is rare.
0: <laughs> That's a power move. And then phoenixes had been dusk- made, er, domesticated, were extremely loyal to their owners, and would depart on their own paths if their owners died rather than finding a new master. Hence oh, what my. happens to Fox when Dumbledore oh. uh, dies at the end of Hot Blood Prince. Fox just goes off and does his own thing. He's like, yeah. alright, cool. Time to go on and find my new path and see where that goes. And honestly, I'm really, like, reading the book and watching the film, I was really surprised that Fox just didn't go with Harry. Really? Because Harry was such a loyal person to Dumbledore. I thought Fox Mm. might have been, would maybe even want to join him on his adventure or just be hit with him period
1: I guess that kind of makes sense but I don't know if you think of any kind of master or bond between a pet and animal they don't usually connect with a friend or even offspring of said person like I don't know they tend to just want to be but i could see why i'm kind of happy it didn't because i feel like it'd be a little cliche if fox went with harry just kind of like as a hammy down right because that's what all harry has gotten
0: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) all harry
1: has gotten i would that would be kind of too much but i mean family wise i could see fox doing it that way but yep yeah that's true Mm -hmm.
0: that's fair but um at this point we're going to take a mid-break And then when we come back, we will go over even more phoenixes that we know in the wizarding world that have been domesticated. Alright, welcome to the middle of the show, where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. In this, I just want to thank everybody who supports and listens to the show, and remind them, remind you all that we do have a Patreon on patreon.com slash wizardingworldlorecast. And uh, you can also support us on Apple or Spotify. On Apple, as you leave a five-star review with some words, uh, we'll read it out loud next time on the show. Or if you leave a comment on an episode on Spotify with some nice words, we'll read out that out read that out loud on the show as well. Um, you can also find us on the Robots Radio Discord, as well as um, yeah, just the Robots Radio Discord. I'm, I think I have three shows now, so it's kind of hard to figure out which what in, what is what. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, um, but yeah, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord uh, at robotsradio.net. We have a channel for this show. We have a channel for my other show, Holocron Histories, and my new added show that we just have a new, uh, that will have an episode the same day as this show for the Final Fantasy lore cast where we, I'm doing a deep dive with two other co-hosts that are, we're just going to straight into the Final Fantasy series. Uh, Our first episode was literally an hour long, just us nerding out about Final Fantasy. So if you want to hear us about, (laughs) nerd out about Final Fantasy, feel free to do so. And um, with that, we'll eventually go, the next episode we'll do, we'll go into actual like the podcast topics and stuff like that. But yeah, lots of fun. Um, And then I do want to read a comment we had on our Quidditch Part 2 episode. Uh from Kyle from six days ago, thanks for the shout out friends haha love the show still check every episode every few days to see if you have a new one wouldn't it be gr- uh wouldn't it be great to get a book or movie based on the Hogwarts founders? Yes, yes, it would be and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do that here in the future. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I think doing maybe a game on it would be fun too. A book would be nice if they would put all the information, but even a game and getting all the little nitty-gritty details. True. Uh,
0: The book, if they do a... So, this is a little side tangent in the bed break. Uh, If you want to skip it, you can. But with the book stuff, it has to be written by J.K. Rowling because she owns Mm -hmm. all the book's rights. Now... If they want to do something else, like TV show or movie, Warner Brothers slash Wizard World can do that on their own, and they don't have to worry about her, which is typically going to be the most, or or game, game also included. Those would be the medias that they would probably go towards, rather than having Mm -hmm. a book based on it, because then they don't have to deal with that, the whole stuff that went around with her, with all the controversy and whatnot, but... I digress. We're not oh. going to talk about controversy or anything like that. But yes, I, I would love to see a Hogwarts founder like spinoff show or movie or something, which mm-hmm. for all we know, we probably, if anything, it would be a show because they're rebooting this Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter series as a TV show on HP on uh, Max, not HBO Max. It's just called a Max now. So weird. Yeah. But each book is going to be its own season. So it's going to be a lot more in depth, a lot more added stuff from the books and much longer, which is going to be really good. So yeah, I I if anything it would be a TV show in my opinion, cuz they can do a lot more with a show yeah. than they can do with a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Or they might just do like a 2-hour special or something like that. Call it, like be, be cool it, being the, within like a film time frame with the same budget as a film. But mm-hmm. not be in theaters. But who knows. I don't work for Warner Brothers or Wizard World. So we'll see. Shame. If, and if you are listening for Warner Brothers or Wizard World. You know where to come find me. And I will pitch you <laughs> ideas. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> but uh, with that being said. Is there anything else you guys want to add in the mid break? No? Alright. We will get right back into it. All right, now that we're back, uh, so we have other domesticated phoenixes. So we have Albus Dumbledore's great-great-grandfather's phoenix. So it was said that Albus Dumbledore's great-great-grandfather and a phoenix, but once he passed, the phoenix took flight and was never seen again. So, and this is where it comes back to Dumbledore. The Dumbledore family lineage has a great deal and great like phoenix. They have great loyalty to phoenix.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have an unidentified 19th century Hogwarts student's phoenix. So it was rescued by a student in ni- 1891 from a cave in Podseer Coast, which is the phoenix you get in Hogwarts Legacy. That you get to rescue and then you get your final uh, habitat for all your creatures uh, to where you can have all of the creatures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and craft the most best armor because you need phoenix feathers for all that crap so
1: interesting
0: I like oh. that but you can even name it you can name that phoenix I named mine fire wing oh because nice. it it fits it flies as wings <laughs> and it deals <laughs> fire so
1: Lot of the fire
0: and then, obviously, we have Albus Dumbledore's phoenix. So during uh, Ariana Dumbledore's fade into becoming an obscural, uh, uh, a phoenix came to her ownership and was there until she passed away. In 1932, Albus Dumbledore mentioned Newton mentioned to Newton's commander that he knew signs of having a phoenix from his experience of uh, Ariana's phoenix. So, like Dumbledore told Newt that he knew how to deal with a phoenix because. His sister had a phoenix, and then we have Aurelius Dumbledore's Aurelius Dumbledore's phoenix. So this is Albus Dumbledore's nephew from Fantastic Beasts. That's Credence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So after the Battle of the LeStrange Mausoleum and recruiting Credence barebone to his forces, Gell- world revealed uh, in Numagard to Credence that he that the baby bird he was carrying in for Paris was actually a phoenix. According to legend, a phoenix would appear to anyone of the Dumbledore family in dire need. Gwendolde then present to him with a wand as well as his birth name, Aurelius Dumbledore. That was a big moment. Yes, it was a really big moment because uh-huh. you get down to the nope. end thinking, which when I first saw this thing, I was thinking is like, I thought he said uh, something with Abathorth, like, oh, you're a Dumbledore. And I'm thinking, it's like, that's not Abathorth. He was way <laughs> too young to be Abathorth. How, how can he be Abathorth? And then, you know, get to the third film and say, like, oh, he's Apothorth's son. Okay, that makes yes. more sense. Slash <laughs> <ask> Dumbledore's nephew. <laughs> so then we have Fox. So Fox was a phoenix who was owned by Albus Dumbledore. Fox lived for an with dumbledore at hogwarts castle for a large part of his life he was an instrumental in helping harry potter defeat the serpent of slytherin bringing harry the sword of gryffindor blinding the Basilisk, and saving harry from the venom with his tears fox was also used as a communication between his master and the order of the phoenix fox assisted dumbledore in fighting lord Voldemort and protecting the headmaster from a killing curse after albus dumbledore's death fox performed a mournful song and seemed to feel like it was inside the listener and that is dubbed the, by wizards as the Phoenix Lament. After the song was completed, Fox departed Hogwarts as a free Phoenix and was never heard from again. Which is sad. Yeah. But um. Best thing too, specifically with Fox, is when in Order of the Phoenix when Dumbledore escapes the Ministry officials, um, and then Kingsley has the famous line as like. I know you won't like it, Minister, but you got to agree, Dumbledore has style. <laughs> the style. To be fair, that scene was really cool with the best clap line in the entire film. I, you can't disagree yeah. with, me with that. He's got style. <laughs> I love Kingsley. Kingsley's great, and <laughs> Kingsley's becomes Minister of Magic well after the Battle of Hogwarts, so it shows Kingsley's just great. He was a good choice. And then we have Sparky, last but not least. So Sparky was a Phoenix mascot for the New Zealand Quidditch team from the Mato'Hara uh, McCarls. Apart from Fox, Sparky was then the only known domesticated Phoenix. Obviously during this time. They didn't know prior. Obviously we, the, the Phoenix we get in Hogwarts Legacy is well after all the events and films and books and all that. So mm-hmm. take it as is. And then, now we have Phoenix Feathers. So, Phoenix Feathers were a powerful magical substance, and as such, were an accept- accepted wand core. Fox gave two feathers, which ended up in the wands of Harry Potter and Lord Voldemort, which was said to be the reason why they looked in the proie ink- in when the two wizards attempted to duel each other in the win- little Hangington Graveyard. And that is the reason why. Say that when their wands connected, in the um, pretori and uh, Containum emerged. The reason they emerged is because both their wands had the same exact core from the same exact phoenix. That is yes. the only reason, and that's also you found out later in Deathly Hollows, the first Deathly Hollows that Voldemort. Can't physically kill Harry with his own wand because of the same course.
1: Yes, that's why he was dead set on trying to find the Elder Wand. Yes. Also, why? <laughs> yeah. Also, why? Yeah. Also, why?
0: It's the main reason he went for the Order Ron. Let's be okay. honest. He, the only, ca- he did not care about ruling the wizarding world at that at that during that time. He only physically only meant to kill Harry, and then he'll do the whole taking over the world thing. But his main intention was to kill Harry and only to kill Harry. Like a murderer yeah, it was he is. Just
1: a, it was the most powerful wand. That's fine. But
0: uh, And then due to phoenixes having the very difficult and, to tame and were the one of the most detached creatures in the world, the wands with such feathers were the pickiest of owners. The wands containing the core sometimes acted on their own accord due to having the most initiative of all the core types. Phoenix feathers were sometimes used as writing quills. Which is
1: interesting. It seems like you know. kind of a downgrade. I'm sorry. It seems like a downgrade from being one of the feather, like a core for one and Oh, yeah, you can also use it for a quill. It's kind of a slap in the... Like, I'm yeah. sure it's a pretty quill. I'm sure it's gorgeous. I, I want to know. Does it write on its know. own? I
0: don't know. I mean, so... I mean, and
1: this... Would it be the same quill that um the... Oh, I can't remember her name. The... Rita Skeeter. Uh... Thank you. Skeeter uses that rights on its own. Yeah, that that's just that enchanted. Does short nose. That's okay. just
0: enchanted. Um, but knowing that the the wands are known to act on their own accord. Also, if you go back to part one of, so if you watch the film or you read the book of Deathly Hollow, in the film part one and in the first part of, the first half of the book, when Harry is on the chase scene of the seven potters, is what it's called, mm-hmm. um, and then, when Dumbledore finally finds Harry, because thanks because of Hedwig protecting him, he uh, he even says specifically his wand acted on its own to defend him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: showcasing that the wand, the phoenix core within his wand, acted on its own accord to protect Harry. And because, oh, cool. and it also even makes even it makes it even better knowing that feather is fox. Which Fox protected Harry.
1: It is nice. So it just together. comes back
0: around. To where
1: yeah. Fox
0: and Dumbledore. Have been protecting Harry. His entire life. With him yeah. knowing it or not. Even after uh, Dumbledore's death.
1: Mm. So. It's,
0: it's, it's mm. a great circle to come to. Yeah. So then we have now. Albus Dumbledore and the Phoenix. So. Albus Dumbledore had many connections to the phoenix, starting with his phoenix companion Fox, alongside his phoenix Patronus. He named his anti voldemort organization the Order of the Phoenix, after the Fox. The old wizard was also shown to have an unusual affinity for incendiary magic. He could conjure flames which did not burn, summon a lasso of fire, which he would subdue uh, foes, and even produce the... Goborafan or Ever Burning Fire, a highly advanced and rare ability, which is the ring of fire that he created in um, Half Blood Prince when they're in the cave trying to get the Horcruxes.
1: Because mm-hmm. it, some of it, the visuals of his fire magic were really good in the movie, especially oh, his fight yeah. at the Ministry of Magic. Oh, oh it was so and good! <laughs> by the way,
0: that was all real fire because uh, even so. That, and Daniel Radcliffe did that entire scene too. That he did the underwater scene. They mm-hmm. come out of the up of the water with all the flames around and everything. Yeah, he did that. That's so cool. And then indeed one of the last and greatest spells Elbish ever performed was the Firestorm, which was oh, sorry, this is the spell he used, was Firestorm. Uh which was used to fend off the Inferi. And finally Albus was sought had sought immortality in his youth, but once he matured in such a way that he, the Phoenix that a phoenix keeps a living on after his death, Dumbledore would come to adopt the great personal belief that death was nothing more than the great next great adventure. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, we have behind the scenes. So. The phoenix is a creature from Greek mythology and given the native range of the phoenix in Egypt, India and China may have reference to the Egyptian uh, Bennu, the Hindu Garuda, hmm, I've heard that name before, <coughs> Final Fantasy, <laughs> and, and the Chinese uh, Fenghuang, all mythical birds from the other cultures sometimes compared to the phoenix, though it should be noted that Hu, which is also based on Fenghuang, uh Apparently exists in the creature in the wizarding world. So there was another creature similar to a phoenix in the wizarding world that's not a phoenix, but similar to a Chinese bird in mythology. Hmm. And another fun thing: this is not mythology. You have the Pokemon Ho Oh and Pokemon, which is essentially based off a phoenix. Really? Yep, rainbow feathers, and oh. it is supposedly uh, gives life and heals others. In Pokemon, oh, I like that in Pokemon mythology. I'm not. Well, this is not a Pokemon podcast, so I won't go into detail with that. But <laughs> uh, the Phoenix in Harry Potter uh, is the Phoenix is Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling's favorite magical creature, which is hence why it's always used. Yes. Uh, The phoenix is the only form in existence that defies the otherwise absolute rule that nothing can truly bring back the dead. Although it is debatable, debatable, God, the words, uh, debatable. If phoenixes (laughs) actually die, Mm -hmm. so like, yeah, phoenixes like do the burning day and like rise from the ashes or anything. But they did they truly die? Probably not because they probably just burn their entire whole body and then just regenerate themselves or something. Who I don't know.
1: I think the argument might have something to do with their soul or their their mind, conscious. Would something because if they come that's, back, yeah, just it's basically true. the same thing. It would. I think it would be more so how their soul stays intact in the ashes to come back. The physical form you could explain away magic, but the soul I think would be a little bit different.
0: That that's okay. Oh. yeah because that would explain I mean you can't resurrect the dead but if you have the say the resurrection stone you can talk mm-hmm. to the soul of a someone who is dead they quote unquote are resurrected but they're not in a physical form
1: correct kind of like a ghost but not exactly but similar just mm-hmm. not in a physical form
0: and the phoenix is the only oh wait I already said that Uh, It is interesting to note that the appearance of phoenixes, specifically fox portrayed in the films and the novels, look quite different. The phoenix is depicted as having a longer neck and vaguely resembling a hot zen in the novels and illustrations of Pottermore, while in the films it resembles a large bird of prey such as an eagle or hawk. In a National Geographic book, it states that the designers used the harpy eagle as an inspiration for Fox which makes sense at a film production level is they took something that we have in modern day in real life as a mm-hmm. model for a mythical creature, especially mm-hmm. during to, the years of 2000, early two thousands. They only had so much they could do. Uh, cause CG was there, but CG uh, was also not as it was in the next film with, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, where they it was a lot of CG, yes, so you can definitely see a difference between the second film and the third film. Where the second film they used a lot of practical effects, even some of the basilisk stuff is practical. Um, Mm -hmm. now a lot of it is CG because of the Southern and everything, but they did have a basilisk head, um. Created specifically for the actors to see and like show terror and like show the fear. Mm-hmm. And then Fox obviously was a mechanical um, prop as well. But then you get to the third film and on, where they're a lot more heavily CG. So, yeah. But yeah, so for design wise, design wise, for said props and stuff, something like that, they need something more real rather than Mm -hmm. an illustration on a book. Or in, Mm -hmm. like, stone tablets or mythology stuff, so. Yeah. And then, although the Fantastic beast and Where to Find Them states the phoenixes are hard to uh, domesticate, domestication happens to a population due to selective breeding, not to individual animals, which can be tamed. So... Essentially, they're saying, like, the ones that are domesticated is because they were bred in that specific family, supposedly. But, magic... Let's just go with magic. I say go meth magic. It's... We're going to go with magic. And then, on the Pottermore Patronus Quidge, the phoenix is not an available Patronus form, despite other rare magical creatures' forms existing on the quiz. And... I'm going to be perfectly honest, that's because Albus Dumbledore is the only one that can have a phoenix. Period. That's Sorry. it. That's it. That That is the only reason why that is not on the quiz. You can have a dragon on the quiz, <laughs> but you cannot have a phoenix.
1: I don't know, I would take a dragon over a phoenix, but...
0: <laughs> I would too. Mine's a weasel.
1: My well, yeah. Patronus is a weasel. I might have taken that quiz a long time ago, and I don't remember what it was. So <sighs> I gonna have to... It's okay. I'm going to have to, yeah.
0: You can log into your account. It'll be there. But that is what I have on Phoenixes for this week. Is there anything else you all want to add?
1: I don't believe so. Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I thank you for everybody listening to the and World Lorecast. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast and you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast@gmail.com. at gmail.com